You know, going through this week and uh, surviving this week, um, I came to realization that there are really, there are five stages of surviving a Texas winter storm. Five stages. Uh, the, the first stage is enjoyment. For the first five seconds, you're seeing the snow fall, and you're running around, and you're enjoying it. You're taking some pictures with the kids, and you're thinking, we can deal with this. This is fine. First stage is enjoying it. Second stage is refusal. Refusing to believe that it could last much longer. Refusing to believe that the power could really be out, that things could really be that broken. So first stage, enjoyment. Second stage, refusal. And then the third stage, the third stage is, let's see, conviction. You are convicted that somebody has really screwed things up. <laughs> and this is when you start to Google what ERCOT means. <laughs> and you start to, you, you don't know anything about it, but you're online angry at it, right? And then the fourth stage is you are overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed. Um, at the fact that you don't have water, you haven't showered in days, the kids are running around like crazy, and you just can't take it anymore. And then the last stage is you are traumatized. You're traumatized by all that's gone on, and you think, I need to move away from Texas. But then you realize, every place else is still worse than Texas. <laughs> yeah. So, so these are the five stages, and a really easy way to remember them, it's just E-R-C-O-T. <laughs> Really? Actually, I don't, I don't think that's going to work, is it? So, so based on the readings for this morning, I have just two questions for you. We're, we're actually starting a new teaching series this morning that's going to take us through the season of Lent. And I'll keep my, my, my remarks, my sermon short, but, but really I just want to offer you two questions that come from our readings this morning. Um, the, the first question is this, what is the point and the purpose of the Christian faith? What is the point and the purpose of the Christian faith? And the second question is, does God seem far from you or does God seem near to you? What is the point of the Christian faith? Is it about obtaining certain blessings from God, getting the good stuff from him? Is it about being obedient, following all the rules and proving that you really love him? Is it about going to church, showing up regularly Sunday after Sunday? What is the point? What is the purpose of the Christian faith? And then when you think about God, does he feel far away or does he feel close? Does he feel like someone who's far away and you have to seek after him and chase him down and find him? Or does he feel like he's right next to you at all times? Which is it? The reason I ask those two questions is because as we begin a journey in Lent through the Gospel of Mark, what you discover is that Mark is focused in his telling of the life and the teachings and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. He is focused on answering those two questions. What is the point and the purpose of the Christian faith? And also, how near, how close is God? And you get an answer to those two questions right out of the gate. You get an answer to those two questions from our two readings. The scribe comes up to Jesus and Jesus is in the middle of this intellectual, theological battle where Jesus gives all the right answers. And the one scribe who walks up to Jesus, who understands Jesus' answer, Jesus looks at him and he says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You see, the scribe understood what Jesus was saying. The other people were asking him, what does it mean to be the perfect member of God's family? 
And Jesus said, all the law, all the prophets, all of it is summarized in this, love. Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's all summarized in love. And that one scribe who came up to Jesus with the light bulb on, he understood. He said, this guy is onto something. It all comes down to love. And Jesus said, oh, you are so close to the kingdom of God. He was close because he needed to take it just one step further. He not only needed to understand that all of life was about loving the Lord and loving others with everything that you have, he needed to ask himself one question, how well do I do that? And if he'd asked himself that question, how well do I love this way and this way, it would have brought him to a place of repentance, which in Mark chapter 1, Jesus says, is the entry point to the kingdom of God. He would have said, I, I don't really love all that well. I fail to love God. I fail to love others. He would have been brought to a place of spiritual and moral poverty. I mean, that, that's really what repentance is. It's recognizing that you've got nothing. Have you, have you ever showed up somewhere, uh, grabbed, some, grabbed something that you want to pay for, and then gotten to the checkout counter and realized that you left your wallet at home? You left your wallet at home, and they don't take Apple Pay from your phone, and so you got nothing. It's like, I, I, have, I would like to take these things with me, but I, I have nothing to give you. I can't pay in any regard. Like, my wallet's empty, or it's broken and gone, and I can't, I, I got nothing. My, my phone won't work. I got nothing for you. That's really what repentance is, is realizing that you have nothing to offer God. I got nothing. I'd love to be loved by you, I'd love to be accepted by you, but I've got nothing of value and worth to offer you because I fail at everything that's required of me. That's what repentance is. You see, in the Gospel of Mark, the answer to those two questions are given to us. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is this reign and rule and activity of God that is here for you today to experience and the question of whether or not God is near or far is simple. God is near to you today. The kingdom of heaven is here for you to experience the activity of God, and God is near to you at all times. He is near to you. That's the message of the gospel of Mark. The kingdom is here for you, and God is near to you. But how do you experience the kingdom, and how do you experience the nearness, the closeness, the proximity of God? It's through repentance. It's through weakness. It's by realizing that the wallet is empty and you've got nothing. That's how you experience the kingdom. That's how you are awakened to the nearness and the closeness of God. Now, what that means is that weeks like these that we've gone through, these are weeks that, um, that make you ripe for an encounter with the kingdom and a recognition of just how close God is. Like, raise your hand if you felt your mortality this week. You felt it. We, put your hands up. We all realize that we are just two bad days away from realizing we can't take it anymore. <laughs> just give me two bad days, and I'm like, I'm ready to check out. I can't do this anymore. Uh, did you feel a sense of your sinfulness, like your broken humanity this week? As you were calling ERCOT, all those names, in the, like under your breath, as you're trying to fall asleep next to a gas fire, Raise your hand if you, if you struggled to trust in the goodness of God this week, even just a little bit. We've got some honest people in the back. Good. Yeah. 
You, you know how I know that I struggle to trust the goodness of God? When, when something good happens in the middle of this craziness of this week, my instinct is not to give God praise. My instinct is to get really superstitious. So like when my power goes out, comes back on, rather, like I don't want to text people right away and tell them my power came back on because I'm like, I don't want to jinx it. And I also don't want to get too proud of myself. Like my power's back on thinking like God's going to be like, well, let me teach you a lesson again. That's evidence of my, my struggle to trust in just the goodness of God. Weeks like this remind you of your weakness, which means in weeks like this, you are ripe to encounter the activity of the kingdom and the closeness of God. And here's how you do it. In the moment of weakness, you cry out to Jesus. Now, in the moment of weakness, when our weakness is exposed, we, we tend to respond in one of three ways. We tend to respond by clenching our fists, or we tend to respond by rolling up our sleeves, or some of us just tend to respond by crawling up into a, bowl, into a ball on the floor and weeping. <laughs> Which is it for you? Do you clench your fists? Like, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to get through this. Do you roll up your sleeves? I'm going to work through this. Or do you just melt into a puddle? What followers of Jesus are called to do is not just fight the bad thing, not just work through the bad thing, not just, not just fall apart in the bad thing, but most of all, what we're called to do is to cry out to Jesus in the middle of the tough thing. When our weakness is exposed, we cry out to Jesus and we discover that the kingdom is near and that God is here. When we cry out in weakness, he responds always with a message of mercy. When we cry out in weakness, he responds with a word of forgiveness. When we cry out in weakness to Jesus, he promises to give us strength. He promises to give us help. He promises to be right there for us. He promises to be near us. That's how we experience the kingdom. Uh, Wednesday of this week, I was not in a good place. I was, I was angry. I'd hit the breaking point where I was just ready to like, just, I was, I was looking up who's in charge of ERCOT and how do I get him fired? Not the most pastoral response. And uh, I, I was in a bad place and so I was, asking, I was asking God in some desperate prayers like, what in the world can I do? What in the world can I do? What in the world can I do? And he said, well, Matt, you're only really good at doing one thing and that's church. And so I said, well, I can't do that. We had to cancel all of our Ash Wednesday services. And, and so he, uh, he pointed me to the end of my driveway. And so uh, I sent out a message on our Facebook group in our neighborhood, and I said, I'm going to be at the end of my driveway like a crazy guy, willing to put ashes on foreheads and pray for whoever shows up. Really honestly thinking that maybe like only just my family would show up. But it, but it, was, really, it was really profound, like neighbors that I'd never met come walking from other streets and they come walking over to the end of the driveway and we, we put ashes on one another's forehead and they tell me about how they're surviving with all that's going on and, and I get to pray with, with several of them and, and, and they share just some, some, some really powerful things that they're having to wrestle with and go through in their lives and it was this, this beautiful moment. You know what it was? It was a moment where the kingdom of God and all of its activity was clearly on display 
And it was a moment where, where you could sense, oh, God is here and he's near in this moment. Now, was it, in a, was it in a moment of strength and power and glory as the world defines it or as I wanted to define it? No. It was a moment of pure weakness. None of us had power. We were all standing in our pajamas that we'd worn for three days. We smelled. All of us smelled. We came with nothing, wandering up to the end of a driveway to a crazy man sitting in a camping chair with a bowl of ashes. It was nothing but weakness. And yet in that moment, the activity of the kingdom was on display. People sharing their burdens, being prayed for, praying for one another, being reminded of the hope that's found in Jesus and the fact that this, this mortal flesh that we struggle with and the lack of power that we're dealing with ultimately will be overcome by Jesus Christ. But it wasn't in a moment of strength, it was in a moment of weakness. When, a, when your weakness is put on display, what will you do? Throughout the season of Lent, as we lean in to an awareness of our weakness, what will you do? My encouragement to you and to myself is that we might, we might cry out to Jesus and ask him to forgive the sins that we see, ask him to give us strength in the face of our difficulties, ask him to give us encouragement in the face of our anxieties, ask him, what are you up to in the midst of this? How can you work good for your glory through me in all of this? Ask him those questions and then discover the answers to the ones that we began with. The kingdom of God is here for you. And God is not far from you. All it takes of you is crying out to Jesus. I want to encourage you to read through the Gospel of Mark with us throughout this Lenten season. If you haven't already grabbed a copy of the Lenten devotion, the devotional that we've put together, you can grab a hard copy on your way out this morning. Uh, or you can just text the word Lent to the number that you see on the screen and you can download an electronic PDF version of it. But I invite you into this journey with us of looking at our weakness and crying out to Jesus and discovering that the kingdom of God is near and is here and that God is not far from us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you make yourself known in our weakness and in our frailty. That when we realize our sin, you always give us a word of forgiveness. That when we realize our lack of strength, you always promise to see us through and give us power. Uh, that when we see our frailty and our mortality, you remind us of a spirit that's within us and a life that never ends for us. Father, we pray that you would meet all of us in our weakness and make the work of the kingdom known and show us the person and the power of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.